It's Thursday. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for 10 with Tim. Happy Thursday to you. You doing well? Hope you're doing good. Uh, it started out warm. Probably going to get cold today. Probably going to be cold for a while. Uh, that's your weather report. <laughs> you're, you're not here for the forecast, I know. We are going verse by verse through the book of Job. Today, we've got three chapters, kind of, 25, 26, 27 uh, how'd you do with these chapters? Uh, what do you think? Um, I'll be honest with you, they're confusing. Uh, I, I find them confusing. Not that, not that you can't make sense of the, the, the verses. It's, it's just simply that, again, New Living Translation has these you know, fancy you know, headings over the chapters. Bildad's third response to Job, that sort of thing. But you know, that's not necessarily part of the original you know, manuscript, you know, the, the ancient copies of the book of Job. And so what, what I'm saying here is it's kind of hard to know sometimes who's talking here. Um, I, I, I think the way the new, I think the way our translations lay it out is probably reliably correct. I'm not questioning the perfection or inspiration of scripture. I'm just saying this is hard. It's just sort of hard. We've had a very deliberate, up to this point, a very deliberate and organized cycle of speeches. We've been talking about that. Uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, I think, would speak in that order. Job would respond to them. We just kept rolling back and forth. But, but now it breaks down. The, the cycle breaks down. Bildad speaks in, in what is a very short chapter, six verses of, of, of chapter 25, and then Job interrupts. Uh, Job jumps in, uh, and, and then some people say Job just finishes Bildad's speech, or else somehow verses have been you know placed out of order. Uh, because to be honest, th that last part of what Job says in chapter twenty-six, that could have been the final part of Bildad's speech if you wanted it to be. I don't know. I'm just saying, when you read through carefully, this kind of a head-scratcher. And sometimes it, it does seem like things come out of Job's mouth. And you think, well, that doesn't sound like something Job would say. That sounds like something Bildad or Eliphaz would say. So that's why scholars through the years have kind of scratched their heads at, at a, primarily chapter 26 and into chapter 27. It's just, uh, I don't know, but, 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 but let's jump into it. Uh, chapter 25, Bildad gives his last little you know bit of hot air, <laughs> according to Job. Um, there are several places in the book of Job, like chapter 25, that seem to recall or preview, I don't know, Psalm 8. Again, I said I don't know because I, 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 I guess Job comes before Psalms. But, but, but Psalm 8 seems to be, it's, it's the same kind of idea. Uh, the reflection of the God who is, you know, you know, Lord of the heavens. And then in comparison, how is he mindful of us? You know, and there are several places in the book of Job. We've been talking about those where, you know, the, the, the human being is just, you know, put in this low, low, low place, you know, in light of the, the majesty and greatness of God. But I just feel like Bildad here goes a little far with it. And again, because I, I just keep going back to Psalm 8, which says, you know, you know, what is man that you're mindful of him? You've made him lower than the angels, yet you have crowned him with glory and honor, you know, um, Whereas Bildad, you know, 
Uh, I mean, absolutely, God is powerful and dreadful. He enforces peace in the heavens. How can any mortal be innocent before him? Uh, God is more glorious than the moon. I don't argue with any of that. It's the end where it says, in comparison, people are maggots. <laughs> we mortals are mere worms. Uh, I know there's this sense as, whereas, as sinners in which that is true, but again, I just keep going back to Psalm 8, where we're made a little lower than the angels. God's crowned us with glory and honor. I don't know that, that, that this is the truest depiction of, and, and again, I'm more arguing with Bildad here, and, and nobody ever said he was a reliable you know, source. It's Bildad, right? I mean, Job keeps saying, you guys are dummies. Um, but Bildad here, I, I think, uh, misses that mark of, of men and women who were created in the image of God. We are not maggots and worms. Uh, again, uh, in, in terms of the righteousness of Christ and my sin, yeah, I am a dreadful sinner, uh, such a worm as I, you could say. But, but I think Bildad is going a little further than that here. But, but let's go on. Last, you're going to hear from him. That's it. We're never going to hear from those three friends again. Whether they have been silenced, whether they just got mad and gave up, you know, I, I don't know, but that's the last. That, 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 that's the last of it. Job's going to start speaking. That's chapter 26, he responds to Bildad. Chapter 27 kind of begins his final speech, but then technically uh, most people say that chapter 28 uh, begins Job's kind of soliloquy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like his big, big uh, solitary speech. Uh, and that goes all the way through chapter 31. Are you, you noticing this? Job's going to talk for a long time, all the way through chapter 31. At the end of chapter 31, it literally says, uh, and, and that, that was the end of Job's words. And then there's another guy we haven't even heard from yet named Elihu. Uh, Elihu then will jump in in chapter 32. He's going to talk forever. I mean, Elihu's going to talk a long, long time. And then finally, finally, after uh, we've heard enough of Elihu, the Lord speaks. The, the Lord speaks, and that begins in chapter 38. So uh, everything's about to change quite a bit here. And once Job starts speaking in chapter 26, he's not going to even take a breath until we get to the end of chapter 31. So anyway, I'm just giving you that, that, that sort of overview. So chapter 26, Job jumps in, whereas previously and in many places, even later in, in, in chapter 26, when Job says you, it's typically plural because he's talking to all three friends, all three of these lousy comforters. But in chapter 26, when he says you, man, it's singular. So it, it is Job saying, Bill, Dad, I'm so done with you, you know. Have you done anything? You know, have you helped the powerless? Have you saved the weak? Uh, how have you enlightened my stupidity? What wise advice have you offered, you know? Where have you gotten all these wise sayings? Whose spirit speaks through you? I mean, you know, really sarcastic, but but again, Job, uh, in, in that sense, is just, you know, done with Bildad. And and uh, again, as I say, you're never going to hear from Bildad again, unless, as some say, uh, somehow the end of chapter 26 are actually the finish of Bildad's speech. I, I, I don't know. I just simply, I don't have any trouble saying that Job would have said these words. I think there are a, a lot of things that Job and his friends would agree on. I mean, I, I just really do. I mean, in the same way that, you know, I, I can have Christian brothers and sisters that I can really disagree on some things, but we agree on the big things, you know. And uh, so anyway, to chapter 26, uh, there's some beautiful phrases in here. You know, I marked verse eight where it says, he wraps the rain in his thick clouds. And the clouds don't burst with the weight. 
I love that. He wraps the rain in thick clouds and the clouds don't burst with the weight. You know, I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I, I have looked up at giant rain clouds just thinking, how does the rain stay up there? You know, how do the clouds not, you know, burst with the weight? But again, I just think that's the most beautiful thing. Uh, these verses 5 to 14 just have this beautiful poem about the greatness of God, and, and I love it. Job declares all these amazing and powerful things that God does and then says in verse 14, yet all these things merely are a whisper of his power. You love that? It, it, it's not even anything. You know, it's, it's a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? You know, it's the comparison of a whisper, you know, and you know, earth-shattering thunder. And he's just saying, you know, you know, you know, what we can see and imagine of God's power is just a whisper. There's so much more to his greatness. Um, and again, uh, everything in Job is sort of leaning toward this. When God speaks, God is going to flatten all of us with the irreducible complexity and majesty of his greatness. And, and, and I love it. Chapter 27 sort of begins Job's final speech, I guess you could say. He no longer seems to be responding specifically to Bildad and instead uh, just begins to speak. Uh, this oath with which he begins chapter 27 is fairly significant, so you might mark or pay attention to that. I vow by the living God here. Now Job is now making this strong declaration. As long as I live while I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil, my tongue will speak no lies. I will never concede that you are right. You now is plural again, talking to the friends. I will never say that you are right. I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live, you know. So remember I said a couple of days ago how Job was gaining strength. Man, here it is. You know, he just says, I don't know how to explain this, but I will never, ever agree with you guys. I will defend my own integrity. God knows, you know. Uh, so that oath, that vow is actually very important. And that's what follows in verses 7 to 23 that people are like, what? You know, what is this? Because again, it, it, it almost sounds like something the friends would say. Job now goes back to the fate of the wicked and how God will punish the wicked. And I guess, uh, of course, the you know, the, the, the truly wicked, I mean, of course God is going to reward the righteous and punish the wicked. Of, of course. The question is, is it going to happen, you know, in, in this life? And I think we all say, no, it's, it's the life to come. It's heaven and hell to come. But again, Job doesn't know all of that. His friends don't know all of that. So the end of chapter 27 is this statement once more of the ultimate faith of the wicked. Now, verses 7 to 12 sounds like Job talking because it sounds like Job is here uh, putting his friends in the category, you know, like, like they're the wicked ones. You know, you all have seen all this. You say all these useless things to me, you, you know. So it sounds like Job is talking to them. They've been doing this to him. You know, they, they didn't say his name at first, but they talked about, Joe, we know this is what happens to the wicked and, and this is what's happening to you. So therefore you must be wicked, you know. Sounds like in verses 7 to 12 to me, and this is just me trying to make sense of it. It sounds like Job now is, is doing the same thing to them. Let me tell you what happens to the wicked. Um, may my enemy be punished like the wicked, my adversary like those who do evil. What hope do the godless have when God cuts them off? I mean, again, I think Job is flipping it on them now, and he's saying, you all, you all are the ones that are going to answer to God. You are the wicked ones. And uh, again, uh, go Job. I'm totally 
Job, Team Job, you know, I, I'm on his side. This is what the wicked will receive from God. He says, this is their inheritance from the Almighty. And on he goes. Uh, again, the, the fate of the wicked. Uh, again, some scholars really struggle because it sounds like at the end, again, in several places here, that uh, it's almost like Job is either mocking them by, by using their words, uh, turning it against them, or else, as some say, maybe some of these verses got out of order. I don't know. I don't go that way. I typically assume uh, the, uh, a high view of inspiration of Scripture, and I go all the way to say, is I, th I think the Bible we have is a Bible God meant for us to have. And so I just read it and try to make sense of it as I go. But I, I, I'm first to say, uh, 26 and 27, uh, it's sort of hard for me sometimes to, to track with all that. I, 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 gosh, I, I love it all, but as far as trying to figure out how it fits into the previous cycles of conversations when it was so easy to know who was talking, I get a little confused. But we're not going to do this anymore because from here on out, Job's going to talk for a long time. So for Monday, uh, chapters 28 and 29, it's all Job. It's really beautiful. His soliloquy is amazing. So join me with that. If I don't see you this weekend in worship, uh, we're doing Bible Church 8, 9 through 11, still preaching through the book of Nehemiah. I'll see you, Lord willing, Monday morning, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. And I'll, today's Thursday, right? Did I say Friday? Have I been saying Friday all day? <laughs> Happy Thursday. I will see you in the morning, 10 o'clock, Lord willing, for Tim with Tim. Love you guys so much. I'll see you tomorrow.